Hey, guess, that happened. Guess what I'm doing tonight? Okay, I'm gonna guess. Okay, <sighs> you're gonna go <laughs> to Theta Float Spa, and you're gonna get into a deprivation chamber uh, and, and meditate, floating on sea water, salt water. Absolutely not. Okay, okay here's my guess. Okay. You're gonna go to the circus, which is coming to town at some point here. And they're gonna, you're gonna be pulled up on stage to do a little something, something in front of the audience. Okay, Maybe that would be awesome. Work. Any chance? You'd Absolutely be so not. good at it. I would so do that if I had you in the audience. Okay, guys, I can. I can literally visualize Shannon in one of those like leotard costumes. I can see you doing this. Okay, so, well, she's closer than you. One, I, you know, I've talked to Christy Clay Baker about the whole deprivation tank thing. I can't do it. Like, oh, okay. I, it freaks me out. Sean really wants to do it, but I don't want to do it. It freaks me out. Um, to be in water in a dark chamber alone is just very, that's like my own personal hell, I feel like. Like a tomb. Yeah. Like a tomb. But you're floating in the tomb. <laughs> We know so how we she, know how Danae wants to go. When she's gone, put her in a tomb and just let her float. So, so she said that there's only about like if we use this audio, no one can see this, but a few there's inches. only about yeah, there you go. That much water. And I'm like, I don't care. That just feels uncomfortable. It made me feel better because I was expecting like this ginormous tank, but it's still uncomfortable. So I am most likely going to get up and perform tonight because what? it just tends to happen. Oh, no, not because I was invited to. Oh. <laughs> because it just naturally because happens. Because you just are a performer. <laughs> I am a performer. Um, So I'm going to see Bohemian Rhapsody oh, at Alamo. <gasps> it's a sing-along. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Oh. I didn't realize. Oh, my word. I want to do this so bad, you guys. Well, do you want me to see if there's a ticket for you to come tonight? Paige Let's and I are going. Let's just do it now. Galamush, Galamush, can you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening. Me, Galileo, Galileo. Oh, I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. She's just a poor boy from a poor family. Still him his life from this monstrosity. I mean, this easy is, go, easy go. This is, this you is let me go. Quality. This is gonna like keep. No, I let you go. I keep thinking we're gonna stop, but then like no, we so can't. hard to stop. Oh, what a great idea! I it is a great no. idea. So we saw, we've seen the movie. I haven't it's seen a, the movie. Oh, it's a really good movie. You oh have my gosh. You guys, Should you see is... the movie before you go to the sing-along? Will it ruin the movie no. the first time you see it? Okay. No, because here's the thing. When I saw the movie the first time, it was such a good movie. But I had to sing when it wasn't to sing. Anyway? Yes, I couldn't help myself. So now I get to sing at the now top of my lungs. Now you're invited to sing along. Oh, that sounds like so much so, fun. We were just yeah. talking about doing a movie tonight, but I didn't realize there was a sing-along. for There is. You should come. 620. So I don't I'm, think my husband could tolerate it if he came with me. I think I have to go songs george <laughs> because he's not a big fan of this breaking into song oh uh, i'm a big fan of breaking Me into too. song but i was raised by a breaking into song kind of a family well we were a musical family like mm -hmm. uh, we weren't we did not play music or anything but we love musicals 
So when you get used to like, or Charlie Brown Christmas, like, dun, 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 and everybody, we always mm-hmm. get up and dance around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was always musical, not musically talented. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I just like to sing a lot. And I would spend hours in my room just singing to myself. Megan does that now. I this is just, one of the things in our house. My kids know that like we will, reg, you know, just like mm-hmm. randomly break into song we and do communicate too. through song for no we reason. We do too. Yeah. But I can't believe you could say, you'd say that you're not musically talented. Did you not get that Have you recorded just sing? a second ago? That was oh a beautiful gosh. moment. Shannon is self-conscious about her singing ability, but I think it's very clear. We are to make a joyful noise. And you're making a noise that is joyful. It's true. It's bringing joy to me. It doesn't have to sound like. (laughs) Can we do the fandango? Can Can we do the fandango? Fandango, which is like a a movie ticket app or something, right? Always mess up all the words to everything. I called my my childhood best friend because when she was out a few months ago, she was telling my kids that. One of the things that drove her nuts about me growing up as a teenager is I always had this song, More Than Words was the name of the song. I don't know if you guys remember that song. Okay. I used to make her listen to it so I could do the drum beat where it goes bump, bump. And I'd be like, here, it's coming. It's coming. Watch. And I just make her sit in a room and watch me. So on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Are we talking about more? Was it like, it's all you have to do to make it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to Is that the only song? Never mind. That, that you love me. That That's you love me. Cause I had ready. No. no. Yeah. Ready? <laughs> 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 There's a role for everyone, Shannon. There is a role for everyone. And I love that you just do yours with flair and flavor. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we have a little bit of explaining to do. Uh, this is the Picture Imperfect podcast. I'm Danae. And I'm Shannon. And today we have a guest, which is why you're Yay! hearing three voices. <laughs> it's our very first podcast guest. Yes. Do you want to introduce yourself All right. in song? <laughs> oh, I'm Aaliyah Stowers. <laughs> I don't know. See, now I'm stuck in Bohemian I'm Rhapsody a, mode. I love it. Everything is going to be like this today. So she is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. 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 This is Aaliyah. She's going to be joining us for the entire episode today. Um, here on Picture Imperfect, we pick a big picture topic. Uh, today is going to be the big t- picture of being you, what it means to embrace being you, your strengths, your weaknesses. So that's the big picture today. And then we zoom in to the big picture and try to just identify some areas where we can all learn more about becoming better people, not perfect, perfect. people. Because right. that's a big deal, guys. We're not meant to be perfect. So uh, we like to highlight our own stories, have fun, share things. Uh, and we're going to get to all of the big topic here in just a little bit. But first... <gasps> are we going to filter in five? No. Oh, we are not filtering in five. We're not. Nope. I'm going to introduce a new segment today. Oh, no. Something that's (laughs) never been done before. All right. I love when you do this. I am actually springing this on everyone uh, today because I I wrote you guys and said we were going to filter in five. But then I remembered I had this idea. (laughs) I had this idea weeks ago. And um, this is the perfect time to test it out because we have another person with us. So, Aaliyah, you're going to be. I'm experimenting on both you and Shannon today. What are you going to do? Okay, so the game today is called the Collage Barrage. Because <laughs> I try to keep everything picture related because, you know, picture and perfect. I try to be clever. I got you. She okay. is always clever with her words. Wank, I wank, love them. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> so the idea of this is that I'm going to barrage you and myself with a collage of questions. <laughs> 
And oh my gosh. the idea is just to answer them quickly, just kind of a fun get to know you Like series. where you don't even think about it, you just answer? I'm also going to answer these questions. I wrote them down a month and a half ago, so I have no memory of what I'm about to read. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I Actually, I would admittedly say if I wrote them down a few weeks ago, I wouldn't remember. If I wrote them down days ago, I probably wouldn't remember at this point. Because my life's a little chaotic right now. Yes, it is. Insert random bunny trail here. <laughs> I have two puppies and a toddler. Okay, that's a, why. A toddler that's been sick. And my puppies were sick. Oh. And my husband was working extra hours while we started a new health regimen in our home. And I've been interviewing for a second job all last week. So I don't know how I got dressed today. But anyhow. Mm-hmm. You look fantastic. On with the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> here we go. When was your last me time when was the last time you had me time um, i'm thinking too not last night but the night before you had some me time mm-hmm. nice just spent some time by yourself yeah good i for went you. took a really nice hot bath and read good it was awesome Aaliyah? yeah i actually last night i, I hung out on my own it's 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 relative so it was a bath and mm-hmm. like oh, i watched something I, I was thinking yeah. to myself i could be doing something productive but I'm just going to do this. And so right. yeah, last night, that's not always the case. But I can't remember the last time it was intentional, but this morning I had 15 minutes to myself and I played a video game. <laughs> so I'm going to count that. Very nice. There you go. Uh, last vacation spot. Uh, California. Florida. Branson. Oh, Big I guess time, mine guys. would have been Branson too. If, if we're yeah, talking. Yeah, because you just went out with your family. I yeah, just went last like, weekend. vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the most uh, amount paid for your most recent wardrobe item? And what was it? Some uh, probably would have been my most favorite shirt right now from the buckle. How the much one that was makes it? me fly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I bought it because I feel like I fly when I'm in it and it's super cool. Sixty five bucks, I think. Nice. And it was worth every penny. I, I love that don't shirt. Don't know which shirt you're talking about, but you may not have seen it I yet. Ca- Sounds magical. Because I wear it to work and then I take it off because I don't want to mess it up. It is, but I get compliments every time I wear it. And, and it makes you it's fly. It's a very unique shirt and when i put my arms up it looks like i can fly and i was like and sold right there (laughs) that's awesome so i only buy clothes at thrift stores that's a kind of a conviction that i have about uh waste in the world i guess wow nice i'm 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 intrigued by that i want to be that person instead i'm the person that goes to tj maxx Mm -hmm. that in between space Mm -hmm. so the last thing i bought was actually this shirt that i'm wearing now and it was 35 dollars, surprisingly but it's really well like constructed Mm -hmm. so i fully anticipate on this thing lasting for quite some time ponytail or a hat ponytail 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 or a hat I, I want to be a hat person. I, I just do don't. Too, but I, I just, don't look. I don't like. How I do I look it every hat. once in a while, but my go-to is a ponytail. Okay, favorite cuss word. I'm just kidding. Oh, um, I was gonna say I can't say it. We're a swear-free podcasty people out there thinking that you're gonna get us to say poo-poo words. How dare you? <laughs> I'll put together this uh, question list. I'll ask that one later. Okay. Okay, and then we can all cuss and laugh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Best family game that you play with your family. Game can karaoke count? Sure. Well, we love to karaoke. We just randomly. I mean, do it. you guys probably make it into kind of a game anyway. Do you? Assign- yeah, it kind of com- becomes a competition. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So my kids are four and six, so they're too young for screens, in my opinion. So we don't do games the way some people do, but we do a dance party almost every night, uh, which is not really a game, but it's our way of getting energy out right before yes. bed. And then they just we get to expose them to different kinds of music, but also it just we all go crazy and act like fools. 
So that would be, I guess, I the love game that. that we play the most. So we started playing this game with Iris that involves basically just we take a piece of paper and then she'll call out a shape and then we'll draw it and she'll laugh and then we have her draw it. I'm going to count that as a game. Yes. Well, I think it counts as a game with a toddler. Yeah. That's true. I'm of your music that you do where she picks the thing that you drew with her songs. That was the first one I thought of. The little icon thing I made? Yeah. Okay. Manny or Petty? Petty. Penny. Manny. Get off my feet, people. Okay. <laughs> Your favorite sweet treat, Shane. This is going to be hard for you. We're going to skip mm. you and go to Aaliyah. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's man. so many. Um, a chocolate, but uh, if it were like a candy bar, I love Toblerone. And that's like one of my only. I have no idea what that is. Toblerone? It's delicious. Um, or chocolate cake. Chocolate cake wins every time. I just love chocolate. I do love chocolate. I love um, like specialty chocolate. I don't like Hershey's. Mm-hmm. Anything that's like made by the Hershey Company, I, it's too waxy. You're a chocolate snob. I am a snob, and I specifically like ones that are filled with really good caramel, or like if it's kind of yeah. like a um, with a sea salt on it. <laughs> Shin, did you decide on one of your favorite sweets? So I had a flashback <laughs> of yesterday. I walked through Ruby's slash Price Cutter. And all I did was walk through the desserts and longingly look at all of them. <laughs> and text Paige, I'm like, I just found a cinnamon roll as big as my face. It's amazing. <laughs> so are you going to go with cinnamon roll? No. I'm going to go with a chocolate fudge brownie sundae. Oh, my. Um, With pecans. And it's the one that we make at home. There is nothing to compare to the one I make at home for myself. And it's delicious. Good to know. Okay, mm-hmm. we're getting close to the end. What is your irrational fear? I have an irrational fear that whenever I left the house, I was going to experience the apocalypse, so I <laughs> overdressed. Yes, maybe a little. I do tend to think in that way, though, and I do feel like it's 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 irrational, but at the same time, I'm glad that I think that way. You know, I want to be the friend that kind of prepares. So I, I have some water in my trunk. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> I, you're talking to the person who like struggles with fear and anxiety. All my fears are irrational. <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, a spider would fall out of the ceiling or something. <laughs> but I didn't think about the fact that your filter is all over anxiety. <laughs> and I also was just cracking up because of like, if you had an irrational fear, I don't know if bats coming out of the wall and that actually, it's actually <laughs> happened. I know. I know. It is okay. That is the third time someone's reminded me of the bats in my house in 24 uh, hours. Really? I think, yeah. No, seriously. Maybe they're back. Okay, sorry, Leah. I don't know Chief what to a, say to a this. A funny, irrational I fear. I, I guess I should preface. Like, a funny one. <laughs> yeah, like um, maybe clowns, though I don't think I'm as like, you know, it's not like... Oh, they're oh. unnerving. Yeah, they're unnerving. But no, I don't know if I have those. I have maybe a couple of the deeper ones like mm-hmm. Shannon's talking about. But okay. I can't think of one that's funny or interesting. Well, we'll end on this one. What is a dream that you hope comes true for you? Shannon, that you fly, I think is one of yours. Okay. <laughs> Can we start a singing podcast? Uh, I think that would probably tank, <laughs> but maybe not. Well, not why if not? We put it in the comedy section of the podcast player. <sighs> My dream would be that when I'm dead and gone, people will say she loved people and she showed that in her life and she truly changed the world because of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I my An answer to this could be sort of like my life vision, but uh, rather than say that, I'll say one of the dreams that I have for myself and for my family is to first to travel together. 
um, while my kids are still young. Mm. So we tra- my dad's from India, so we traveled a lot as babies even and internationally. And so that's one of the dreams that I have that I'm, I am anticipate coming true. I mean, I think I want to travel. I want to travel with my family and I want to travel with, and take the kids with us. So it's oh. also one of my greatest fears, taking okay, children. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how my mom did it. My mom took five <gasps> children oh, wow. all under the age of seven to <gasps> India by herself wow. a couple of times. And when we would ask her mom, how did you do that? She's like, I don't know. I just did it. You know, you know how parents are mm-hmm. when you're an adult and you're like, how did you ever make it through that? They're like, I don't know. I guess you just do. And so that's not, not helpful. But anyway, when I think of taking two children on an inter- international trip, I'm just like, Ugh. wow. But also, it's something that, that I really wanted to do. So, Man, uh, for me, I have this dream of owning land or being a part of land where there is um, spring water, fresh water, there's a cave system, there's this big open space, and then these fun kind of like places that you can go and build like little houses. And I would love to have a space for all of the community of people who want to be together that they can either come in on their little mini homes or little campers and kind of build like a little pop-up community type thing and then actually still have and still have some space that's permanent uh so that would require a lot of work and so i it's definitely a dream because i don't know how it would become a reality not just the money part of it but also the amount of management that it would take to maintain land because i love this idea and i've loved it since i was a little girl and there's lots of cool things that have happened in my life where i've seen examples of community living on land but i lack the skill set to maintain land and all that stuff I can maybe like be a visionary for it and help the people come together community wise. I could have a role to play there, but I just think it'd be so fun to actually have land. We fancy ourselves people who like, there's a part of us that really wants to be like goat owning, chicken raising, you know, um, people who live off the land. And so we got four chickens. We were just like, our golden doodle might kill them. So we're just going to start with four. (laughs) And he hasn't, he's been very, very good, but something did uh, get two of them just before and after Christmas and so we're down to two and that was kind of hard on the kids but you know what it's okay Um, but we had so George built this huge they're free range but they have a house that they go into at night but he built this big enclosure now we have a large tall with a top on it like chicken enclosure because when that man does something he does it right (laughs) to the nines (laughs) he doesn't doesn't do stuff as much as some of us do but when he does it he gets serious about it so we're hoping now to get like eight more and you know this is kind of our way of kind of fancying ourselves capable of one day like we really want to have a goat one day right because the dogs would love them and our kids would ride them probably and you know of fun course stuff like that. oh my goodness so and it would mow our yard for us oh, yeah. that, that is stuff, true right but anyway so it's a lot of work there you go it is it is way more tours kept saying i don't think you knew how much work this was gonna be like, I nope i'm an activator i just do it <laughs> <laughs> and you'll figure out how we're gonna make it work <laughs> So. so I went to Big Cedar this last weekend with my family. I saw your pictures. I was so jealous. And I love Big Cedar. Oh, so my beautiful. goodness. It's been years and years since I've been there. And I was telling my family as we were taking this wonderful hike. And, you know, I'm looking at the water and the trees and all the beautiful nature. And I'm just like, we're just trucking along. And I just blurt out. I'm like, this is my kind of country nature living. <laughs> I said, it's all very controlled. <laughs> It is me. I grew up in LA. I'm a city girl. And so I'm like, there's no snakes. There's no, like, the wildlife feels very controlled to me that I see there. There's no poison (laughs) ivy. It's like squirrels and chipmunks. Right. Right. Then I can go back to my cabin and I can fix my nice (laughs) meal. And I, yeah, I just, that's. Yeah. 
I, I fancy myself having the ability to be an, a, a landowner, but I just, I think it's but a if fancy. you have someone else maintaining it all, you could totally, because I could live in your community if someone else was doing all the work. But can we just celebrate the fact that we're now using the term fancy? Yes. I fancy myself. <laughs> Because I feel like that's a big deal right now. And we is. can say it's with a British accent. See, I can't do British accent. Well, but fancy, fancy myself. Fancy yourself. Oh, my goodness. Well, there was a little collage barrage for you. Just a different way to get to know Shannon, myself, and our guest, Aaliyah. But let's jump into our big picture today. Oh, I'm so excited. I've so, been looking so forward to this all have you? week. I oh, have yeah. too, because yeah, we yeah. talked about Strengths Finders recently, mm-hmm. and you reminded me that Aaliyah is like a Strengths Finders guru. Yes, she is. Is that your title officially? Yeah, I feel like I should do some form of like Here's a who Middle I am. Eastern bow oh. right now. <laughs> Because Grand Poobah, you can yes. go with that one if that one works better. That's on is my it, business card. Is it Poobah? Is it Poobah or Poobah? Poobah, I think. But Poobah? you know what? We could Google that. Or or, or Poobahet. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling it's just a gender neutral one. You know, Poobah. I'm cool with that. She's a Poobah. Can we, can we just call you Poob? <laughs> That no, feels, you know what? That no, feels weird. No. Yeah, that, now that I've heard it, it's it, once let's you say the poop. <laughs> no, 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 we're not doing that. Cut it. <laughs> so our big picture topic today again is all about how to be you. Shannon, are you gonna be all right? I'm dying away. <laughs> and we're gonna filter it through the strengths finders uh verbiage. And so Ali is going to be our grand <laughs> The guru, the guru, the grand guru. The way you just look at her. I literally have tears. You look at her and you go, can we just call you the poop? (laughs) We've lost you. (laughs) You know, it's all about. so serious. Can we just call you the poop? And she looks at you like, oh, hell no. I mean, we workshopped it and it just wasn't one of those ideas that's going to make it. Uh, No, but it was worth a try. it went sound, on to the chopping block. It sounds too neither 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 regional. Nether-y. Yes, neither regional. Yeah, that's, not, that's not appropriate. Okay, I'm back at it. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to filter it through the Strengths Finders, which is an entire program that Ali is going to be kind of talking more mm-hmm. about and walking through. We're still going to start though with going into the museum of our mind. So close your eyes or whatever you want to do unless you're driving please do not close your eyes if you're driving you just think about it clear your mind and just imagine yourself walking into a beautiful uh, museum there's art on the wall and there's a special gallery showing today titled BU it's in what's called the strengths gallery and you're really curious about it and you've linked arms with some friends and you're walking around the corner and you just see all these different art pieces that represent strength and what it means to be you and some really interesting art pieces that are maybe about weaknesses. But there in the center is a huge one that encompasses everything that it means to you to be you. And we're just gonna take a quick moment and kind of pop around the table. And if there's something in your mind that you see on the image, feel free to share it. And then once we kind of uh, evaluate that, we'll get kind of more into zooming into what this means. For me, I've always been told to be myself. So I see my parents actually, so it's very personal to me because I was raised by a family who, specifically a mother, who 
always was very specifically guarding my identity, fighting on behalf of me, that I would allow be allowed to be me, that I could be me to adults, that I could be me to authority figures. And so I've always just had this bolstered confidence to just like boldly go and, and be myself. The confusion and the questions about who I am would kind of come in hindsight because I would just I like I would lead with me and then go, oh, was I not supposed to do that? So that's kind of how I've lived my life. So it's hard to describe what the imagery is, but it's basically just that confident figure of parents sort of guarding who I am and then me kind of walking out um, into my my future Mm. sort of. Like there's a bubble and there's, you know, it's, it's a little personal, a little mm-hmm. bit too much to probably try to describe, but that's kind of what be me means. If I was to look at a painting that says to just be you, what about you guys? Do you see anything specific or want to talk about anything specific to you? For me, um, mine felt almost a little like splatter art, kind of like blah, chaotic feeling. And immediately, like, triggered memories um, of me and, like, the first word I heard was bossy when I closed my eyes. Interesting. And so my mind went to multiple different things. I was actually raised very different in the regard um, that my personality traits were very criticized growing up. I was, you know... Shannon, you're bossy. Um, just things of that nature, not meaning any disrespect, mom, if you're listening to this, I mean, no disrespect. Um, but so it caused this, like I had all this stuff inside me and and I'm just now in my 40s figuring out what that means and celebrating that things that I viewed as maybe it being a critical weakness that I'm seeing it as a strength. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm excited for Ali to be here because I'm, I think her probably she's just ping, ping, pinging around about how mm-hmm. strength finders can kind of help someone like you in your situation realize that mm-hmm. you have a strength. Yeah. Well, and it's been a journey. I mean, when I started a couple years ago, interestingly enough, with strength finders, I took it through a um, place that I worked many years ago and I was telling Aaliyah this, it was actually used um, to be viewed as a negative. Well, you know, your activator is why you're so bossy and, and that sort of thing. So it actually solidified what I had already been raised in. And then when I met Aaliyah and I went through some intensive training with her through the current school that I work at, I was able to n- see all the positives of the strengths and the celebrating of it. So I'm just in that place now of going, wow, I've lived 40 something years thinking that these are probably bad things. And now I've learned about myself that these this is the way God made me. And these are good things that can provide me to be a world changer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. about you, Aaliyah? When I, what I saw was kind of like a Van Gogh painting. Like everything is out of place, but still somehow beautiful and artistic. And um, and what what kind of happened in the picture that I saw was that certain parts of, and I this, for me this is metaphorical, but for some people this is probably literal, that some parts of the body seemed grotesque and they just weren't focused on. 
But then there were a few parts of that body, the picture that I saw that were like kind of highlighted, like glowing or shining. And the idea being that if you don't like sort of like if you don't like your ankles, then just don't look at them. You know, don't make such a big like who cares what you don't love about yourself. There's all of these really incredible parts that you do. So um, I I like the kind of. Van Gogh type of feel mm-hmm. of art that it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be this, you know, very traditional style of of beauty. And again, to me, that's just metaphorical. I wasn't really thinking about physical beauty, but I know that some people that may be. What yeah, comes that was to very beautiful. Minds. Yeah, that came to my mind for sure. Um, you know, it's so valuable to learn how to really embrace who you are in your life, what you do well. And we hope that this kind of moment where you're thinking about um, what it means to be you, that you see beauty in it. And if there's parts of what you're seeing that kind of are depressing or, or hard for you to think about, we hope that today as we zoom in and talk about strengths finders, that you can really find a way to maybe take a test uh, like we've taken with strengths finders to learn more about who you are. It kind of validates you as a person because you are a valuable person. So um, we want you to be able to claim that, to kind of go in and find that. And Aaliyah is going to be our guide today. So Let's start at this point, and then we're just going to kind of talk about, uh, we're going to let you kind of take the stage, Ali, and guide us through. But why don't you start with, um, even though Shannon and I have talked a bit about this, right? if you were going to try to explain <clears throat> strengths finders to somebody, um, I think personality tests would come up as sort of a way to just briefly describe it. How, how would you describe the strengths finders process to someone? Sure. So I like to, um, so my, the work that I do, I'm self-employed. I have a leadership consulting business and I, I like to train leaders. That's my, my personal sort of vision is to empower leaders. And so I use a lot of different tools. One of them is StrengthsFinder. Um, so it may not be the right tool for everybody, but I don't do any coaching of any leader without first having them take StrengthsFinder, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. I want to know what comes naturally to you before we start talking about how to develop you. So StrengthsFinder is usually viewed kind of similar to a personality assessment, but it's not. It's a strengths assessment. So there is a unique difference. First of all, a personality assessment like Myers-Briggs, DISC, uh, True Colors, Enneagram, Enneagram these, these types of um, assessments, which are all incredible. I love all of them. I started taking personality assessments when I was like 12 because obviously I think I'm fascinating. Well, also they were in the magazines, right? Because in magazines, I remember remember the Facebook book that I I read. There was a whole chapter on like choleric and sanguine and phlegmatic. And I remember being like 12 and being like really fascinated by that and fascinated by myself, I guess. I can relate. And I think everybody's fascinating, you know? And so, um, but those personality, those assessments, as much as I do love them, their purpose is a little different from a strengths assessment. So that generally when you come away from a personality assessment, you feel like you are basically kind of puts you into a category. Now, that may be one of 16 or it may be one of eight, but it kind of puts you into a a grouping. So I've been to conferences where they taught the DISC, for instance, D-I-S-C. And by the end of a breakout session, which is no longer than 45 minutes, you know which one you are. And they put, you know, they have you go to this corner of the room if you're a high D, which is, you know, dominant, decisive, direct. My parents knew I was a high D when I was like eight months old. Right. Um, (laughs) But you but you learn it quickly because it's kind of general and you can put yourself in. And then the nice thing about it is that. You have a quick way to relate to people. So if you know the Enneagram and you say, I'm a two, which I'm not, I'm an eight. But if you if you know the Enneagram, it's kind of fun to be like, oh, you're an eight. Right. And that's great. StrengthsFinder is much more uh, nuanced. And so it can be a little bit more complicated to share your results. Um, and because we're not putting people into like a personality grouping, it tells that the assessment tells you in ranked order what your natural talents are so that you can leverage them. 
So most people get their top five results, which is like right now Gallup charges $20 for that. And the top five results are not your personality. You know, your number seven is important too. your number 32 out of 34 is also important if you're going to define somebody's personality. So it's not a definition of your personality. It's um, it's what comes most naturally to your mind, to your heart. What are your most natural actions? And then how do what do we do with that? How do we leverage it? So as interesting as some personality assessments are, if you're a very self-aware person, which I, I believe that I am. I, I don't really learn much from them. I mean, you can tell me that I'm extroverted and I'm not going to be like, oh, I am. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, duh. Right. You know, but then again, I'm 53 percent extroverted on Myers-Briggs. So when I get stressed or tired, I go introverted. Mm-hmm. And so I, I almost feel unauthentic saying I'm an extroverted. Right. So there, there's just there's a whole spectrum of these um of these dynamics. And what StrengthsFinder does is it's highly unique. So you have a one out of 276,000 chance of having the same top five as anybody else in the world. You have a one in 33 million chance of having the same top five in the same order as anyone else in the world. And there we're just talking about five out of 34. So even if Shane and I had, you know, we were strengths twins is what they call them. Mm-hmm. Even if we found that we had the exact same top five in the same order, our number 10 is probably different. Our bottom five might be very different. Right. And that still changes our unique um, approach to the world. And so I have a twin sister and our strengths are very similar, but not the same. And it explains a lot about um, the way we approach life. I look back at my teenage years in particular, and I can see why, um, you know, for instance, why she only ever had one boyfriend at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a relator. And she if she's going to get into a relationship, she takes it very deep. And me, I was like, you're 14. Like, why are you falling in love with somebody <laughs> right. and buying a Valentine's Day <laughs> present? You know? <laughs> and so, I, you know, she would get very serious about a boy. I'm and a relator. I'm then, like, so I'm so related <laughs> to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's very much about icon. And she's a minister. And so she talks a lot about things like discipleship. And I'm just like, ah, I know we're all supposed to care about that. But like, I don't want to spend that much time with, you know, like, Wu can relate. Right, Shannon? Yes. Like, that's one person for too long. Let me give me right. give me some more people. So just looking back at my childhood and you know raised by the same parents raised by this taught by the same teachers we had some of the same boyfriends i mean because we grew up in a small town lila and i have so many similarities in our circumstances but it, it, it's very clear that the way we were born approaching the world is a little different and right. that explains a lot of our even our values differences um so there were a lot of things i didn't understand about us and our dynamic until i saw her strengths results and i was like oh, this explains so much so mm-hmm. it sounds like one of the things that uh, people can really experience if they do the strengths finders process is to have a better understanding of not only who they are but have that moment where you're like oh this is part of who i am and it's not a bad thing it's just a part of me that i can um pull out and use and kind of learn more about how i, I guess i should say it like this um instead of feeling shamed about who we are understanding how we can like you said leverage our strengths to our advantage and become better professionally or parentally or you know just relationally right Right. um so i'm going through with every year our school has our senior class take strength finders to help put another tool in their tool belt as they're getting ready to head off into the world and so one of the reasons that I brought this piece of things up is I actually walked through this with a student this week that took Strength Finders, and as he was reading his top five, he had that same moment that I did where his top five had been viewed as a more negative trait in his home, 
and he was seeing the positive of it. So I think it's an important piece to cover as we're talking about this for our listeners that this really can help if you see that that part of yourself for myself is an activator. I get up, I start things. And as I'm doing that, I'm very task oriented and that can come off bossy at times um, and can be there's a positive flip to it. I just I saw this kid as we were reading through it together and I just from my faith perspective just really saw God ministering to him in a way that resonated with me that a couple of years ago when I went through this with Aaliyah did the same thing where I was like, oh, wow, that's why I do what I do. And this is a good thing. I remember the first time I had a mentor that um, told me that the things I were, was doing in my life and the skills that I had were good and just to keep breathing life into them and like just somebody who who could look at maybe something that somebody would be intimidated by and say, no, this is something you can use. I remember that feeling um, mm-hmm. really strongly. For me, Strength Finders wasn't like a, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is making so much sense in connecting. It was more like, okay, but what is it? Like, okay, yeah, I'm these five things, but what does that actually mean? And where it impacted me was learning how I interact with other people because I took it from a myself and then my radio partner. And then we were seeing why we have the struggles that we have and Mm -hmm. as a team perspective that was really where this you know this particular process was really eye-opening for me was kind of like oh we as a team lack a doer we don't have anybody helping us to 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 do we can vision visualize and all that stuff so i don't know for for me that's kind of where it was like a big eye-opener yeah. So when people first take strength, so strengths finder 2.0 is um, an assessment. I first of all, I highly recommend people go to the Gallup website, pay the 20 bucks and take it. I think I there too. are a couple of free versions out there that are mimics. And I don't recommend I don't stand behind any of those. But um, even the methodology behind the assessment is is um, groundbreaking. I took the Enneagram recently and I don't have a problem with the Enneagram, but I didn't like the way that the questions were asked. Uh, there were a lot of things about it that I thought. This is this is going to be accurate, but it's not going to give me any new information. Right. Um, again, no offense to the Enneagram, but <clears throat> the way that Gallup over the course of 35 years has has tweaked this assessment um, it is worth, um, you know, some the credibility that they have. But um, the, the first level of learning tends to be about yourself. You know, um, when I read the description of strategic, which is my number two, I didn't necessarily I wasn't surprised by anything. But the idea that I could then uh, claim all of those, you know, what if scenarios, multiple pathways to the same goal. Oh, this is why I hate being micromanaged. And the way that I describe micromanage is different than somebody else. Um, for, for all three of us have strategic in our top five. Oh. And um, for, for, for strategic people, the most frustrating thing about micromanaging is is you can give me my goal, but don't tell me how to get to my goal. Yes. Amen, because, sister. Strategic is my number one. Preach it. Right. I mean, so I, <laughs> I can in in a in a, I can come up with eight different ways to get to that goal, and five of them are way better than the one you just told me that I needed to, to go about. Right. right. So even the way we describe micromanaging or the things we get frustrated about in our relationships is drastically different based on these natural ways of thinking <gasps> and feeling. I just realized I should have my husband take it. Maybe you would um, really make some things. Sean's taking his this me. weekend. Yes, that was the one of the. First, what, uh, in I didn't my even certification think about training, that. I called my husband and I was like, 
I need you to take it right now and we're going to get your full report. And um, But there's so much like Georgia's top, most of Georgia's top five are in my bottom five and oh, vice versa. I'm so afraid of that being the truth. I mean, if us, it, it, but... see, the thing is, if it's the truth, it's the truth already. Right. But it, it gave us, it was very intimidating. It was kind of funny. My number four talent is achiever and achiever is multitasking. Um, lots of drive to, to complete a task, but a lot of tasks going at once. And we love lists and we love to check things off lists and we get a lot done. And my husband's number 34 out of 30 is achiever and so seeing it didn't it wasn't like oh he doesn't get much done I mean it wasn't a big shock but it was still intimidating because I, I remember lying in bed one night after I saw that and thinking he cannot think the way you think he uh-huh. cannot think that so all of the years my husband's a stay-at-home dad so um through the day you know I so I'm the one who comes home and says so what'd you get as this is how I would ask it because this makes total sense to an achiever what'd you get done today because I keep a running list in my head of what I'm getting done and it actually informs my value about myself that day and George is like I don't understand the question you know always <laughs> like get done today like the kids are happy he's adaptable so he shifts really quickly so sometimes he thought what he thought he was going to get done today is completely different from what actually happens and he's cool with that so I started realizing he cannot even if even if it were a good thing for him to think the way I do it's not possible so how do I approach him from a perspective that he can understand and so my the my first recommendation is that anybody who takes strengths finder learn about yourself first even if there's not a big aha research the top your top five research your top 10 get to know them well because I will go into a training environment sometimes and say what do you guys think and somebody will go I don't know about this realtor one and I'm like first of all it's not realtor it's relator okay (laughs) nobody said you're a realtor but also did you read because they're like I don't because I don't feel like I just relate to everybody and I and I'm like that's not what it means though that's that's almost the opposite of what it means and relator is about depth of relationship and authenticity and, and and deep investment into relationships and so you want to learn about those first because um, because I know a lot of people who've taken Strengths Finder and they don't remember their top five even. Mm-hmm. And that that's someone who just hasn't first put the investment into, I need to know about me. I need mm-hmm. to at, claim my talents and advocate for them. Hey, I'm this is what it looks like. I'm not great at follow through maybe, but I love to get things started. Yeah. Okay, what do you have that you need launched? Because activators love the word launch and mm-hmm. stimulate and <laughs> activate and all of these words. And so what do you, and all, again, all three of us are activators. So we what are? do you have that Whoa. is... She's giving me word candy right now. Yes. <laughs> That's I, so funny. If you want to engage an activator, you say things like, let's get started. Yes. What is our first step? <laughs> I mean, look, yes. activators want to like get off the couch and let's just start and we'll figure it out as we go. Right. But let's do, but let's, let's do something do it. fast because it's very action. And so it's pushy right. um, in its worst, in its worst description, it's pushy and it's best. It creates urgency. Mm-hmm. So um, the things that, that, what I always coach people on are two things. When you get to know your talent themes, the two questions you want to start working through are how can I do this more and how can I use it better? How do I do more activating and less of all that other crap that I hate? Like mm-hmm. um, hey, Shannon and I both have consistency very low. So the mm-hmm. routine, the, the, the rote activities are going to be very de-energizing for us. Mm-hmm. It's going to. So when you're high activator, very low consistency, there is a point in a project early on where you want to pass it to someone who is really good at improving a process or mm-hmm. doing something else with that process. And then you get to go get another plane off the ground because activators, everybody de-, de um devalues what they bring so you'll say you instead of talking about how difficult it is to get a plane off the ground and saying nobody else can get that plane in the air we say things like well sometimes when i start projects i don't finish them well what 
why are we focusing on that? Why are we focusing on the fat ankles? Like, just go back to, you know, you got awesome, awesome shoulders or something, right? So, so here's what, you know, what I, what I want to teach, when I coach people to do is I'm an incredible activator. I can get that thing off the ground. Now, it's not ideal for me to stick with it because for me, even though I love finishing things as well because of my achiever, once that plane is in the air, all the energy deflates for me. Right. I'm kind of like, Oh, I, I, it's it's devaluing of other talents, but I might think like anybody can fly it, like mm-hmm. put the thing on autopilot now. But getting it off the ground was the fun part. Yeah. Well, what else needs to the get off the ground? The maintenance of it is boring. It's, right. And then there are some people who are yeah. like improving a process is the ex- most exciting thing that I do every day or yes. or having some routine and then making that routine even better every day or structure and discipline is really exciting for me. And so the when when you learn what you're great at and you start claiming it and advocating for it, speaking up for it, then you can go to the the, the level that Danae talked about, which is working with it within a team. Uh, first of all, a partnership, but then even expanding it to a team of maybe six, eight, ten people where we all get to come to the table being our best self. Mm-hmm. And then we don't all have to be everything. And when I say I don't really want to do that instead of somebody going, well, you're lazy or you're not a servant or all of these things that we say to to shame people, I will just say, well, listen, do you want my great work or do you want my crap work? I mean, ultimately, if you want me to to ri- mitigate risk, that's crappy work for me. I'm not deliberative and I don't like to think about risk. I'm an activator and I am a risk taker. So where I can help the team is is that where I am going to give you some really crappy work and someone else in the room would have done it so well mm-hmm. is this stuff that's here at the bottom of my mm-hmm. list. So where something creates an obstacle for you, we encourage that you, you know, develop some skill around it. But as soon as it's no longer an obstacle, then mm-hmm. you go right back to your top five or top eight or whatever and really, really develop those because superstars that we would all name in this room right now, like Steve Jobs or Mother Teresa or... Um, you know, Maya Angelou or some of these like superstars in the world, they did them. Mm-hmm. That's that's what made them so so incredible. Right. They didn't try to be some of everything. They just claimed who they were. And I love that. The don't be everything mentality, I feel like is something that culture has really tried to yes encourage us to do. And maybe it started off with a you can do everything. You can be everything. And um, and, you know, why not try new things? And so we think that that's a really good thing to do. And, you know, it is it's 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 totally fine to try new things to to put on a new hat, to step into a new job, to, you know, go on a new adventure, to try something that you've never done before. But you don't have to be everything in those moments to make it succeed. You go into those moments and if you have a strong sense of self and who you are and being you, then you find your role, you find that place where you fit into your own family dynamic or your work or job dynamic or just in general, just a friendship dynamic, you find where you are. And then when you're comfortable and you're confident in, in being who you are, you're happy. You've got the energy kind of flowing. That is something that does help everyone. And you don't have to be everything. In fact, if you can pull back and not try to be everything, you're helping somebody else fulfill what their purpose is in a group environment or a duo dynamic environment. So I love that you said, you know, you don't have to be everything because there is something that um, I don't know when it got into my brain. I don't know if it was culture. I don't know if it was unintentional, you know, people speaking into my life. But you're right. The shame that we feel when we see the things we can't do, it's like that becomes the thing that we look at in the mirror, the ankles, it becomes the thing we focus on. And that is not 
it's just not a good use of our precious time on this planet. Right. Like we don't have if you really want to spend your time being the most potent person that you can be, you know, don't don't focus on the things you can't do well. Focus on the things you can do well and then see how your life just all of a sudden begins to just become more of a magnet for like, I don't know, purpose and direction and possibility. There's just yeah. so much that seems to line out when yeah. you have that confidence. It's so funny. I have, so we work, we've always worked a lot with teenagers, but also young adults because they turn into teen, they turn into young adults after they get a little older. And so we've always had a lot of young, young adults in our lives. So um, sometime back and my husband, who has been a youth pastor up for 10 years up until just last month, he often, like when someone brings a problem to him that he thinks is more appropriate for me, he'll say, you should talk to Ali about that. So I get these Voxer message or calls messages sometimes that are like, hey, George said I should talk to you about this. I'm like, sweet, great. Another referral from George. So this young woman contacts me on Voxer, which is a voice app um, that those of us who love to talk love. Walkie-talkie. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so she contacts me. She says, okay, here's the problem. George said I should talk to you about it. So she basically describes this issue that she has. And this is kind of how, what it sounded like. I'm not a very detail-oriented person. Blah, 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 blah. She doesn't tell me how it's cha- ruined her life or anything. It's just basically the, the gist of this Voxer message is I'm not very detail-oriented. And then she's asking me to fix that for her, give her some tips on how to fix that. And so my message came back, not sarcastic in any way. I said, I said, sincerely, I didn't hear the problem, though. Like, I don't remember you expressing what the issue is that you. So you're not detail oriented. So (laughs) not everybody is. What what is the problem that you need help from me to help you fix, though? Um, because you, I, you do under, I'm a strengths coach, right? So I mean, I was kind of surprised even that she would bring this to me because I was like, you know, the whole mantra is you don't have to be everything and you don't have to be good at everything. And your level of success doesn't mean that you have found success in everything. So um, I don't maybe I missed the problem. And she came and I was really not trying to be sarcastic at all. And she came back and she was like, yes. I see. You know, she's like 23. I have been talking to her about strengths for, she's never been through a training with me, but you know, she's familiar with the concepts for probably three years now. And she's like, so I don't have to be good. You know, she's like literally processing out loud. Good point. So I don't have to be detail oriented if I have partners who are, or I have a structure in place that helps me not miss something. Or my gosh, use your phone for reminders for crying out loud. You know, there's plenty of resources and tools out there that does not require you to be the person who can remember everything. And um, that's what I mean. Even people who... Um, are, are exposed to a strengths culture. We we there's this idol in our culture of well-roundedness, mm-hmm. and it's a it's it's crap because no one significant was ever well-rounded. I don't personally believe it's possible to be well-rounded, but even if that were possible, th- those are not the people that we laud as highly significant and, and impactful. It's the people who had extreme talents and extreme weaknesses that we talk about today. Like, yep. like a Steve Jobs, who apparently couldn't even carry on a human relationship very well, no. but created, you know, half of what we look at every day. Um, and we also don't talk about the team behind him. Like, usually it's one person that kind of like we, we see at the top and we don't talk about the other people that were around them. Just like, you know, like on the screen, we see the actor or the actress. We don't we don't really spend the time to read all the credits and see all the people that supported that thing to happen. So one of the things that I loved as I went through training with Aaliyah, and I just want to real quick, just stop and plug you um, in the regard that this is what Aaliyah does every day. And there is huge, huge, huge benefit to not just taking this assessment, but 
working with someone who understands the assessment and can guide you and coach you. So um, we will be giving that contact information out at the end of the show and we'll be linking to it. But um, back to what I was saying is one of the things that helped me hugely is we went through a training session together is understanding my strengths and you talking to me about what you just said, which is so, okay, you're not consistent. These top five things is what you're really, really good at. And when you're doing these things, they bring you life. But then you said the only time you should be looking at those things at the bottom that you're not good at is if they're affecting your top five. So what I recognized was, wow, consistency um, and discipline are actually down in my bottom 30. So bottom five, me too. Yeah. And it's so that really does hang me up. Um when I am put in leadership positions or activator positions, things where I'm starting things or I'm up in the front that could um, cause question to my ability if I'm not following through with something. So so that is something that I have actually intentionally worked on because it's strengthening my top five. Does that make sense? And But then there are things that I don't need to be good at. So I am surrounding myself with a team of people and I'm going, okay, you're good at this. You're good at this. And we are working in team. Um, So that's part of it as well is recognizing what you're really, really good at. And then only focusing on those weaknesses, not for the sake of shame, but if it's something you need to be giving a little more attention to because it's just going to sharpen your top five. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we redefine the idea of strengths and weakness in strengths culture. We talk about a strength being not necessarily something that's at the top of your list because so we call those talent themes. If you are productively applying that natural talent, then we will call it a strength. So when you take Strengths Finder, even though it's called Strengths Finder, technically it's talent themes that you're finding, and then they have to be leveraged well. So that's why the reg- the coaching questions I like to ask are, how could I use this better and how can I use it more? You know, I'm high command, so is Danae, and I mm-hmm. think that's like number 13 for you, Shannon, so it's pretty high as well. Um, women in particular do not usually get rewarded early on for this talent. You know, we're usually called bossy or controlling. Mm-hmm. And and the dark side of command is tyrant. Is it's, you know, being a dictator or a tyrant for sure. <laughs> but um don't give me that eye, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> I see you give me the eye. But command and and your so, command keeps me on in <laughs> yeah, chat. Do, you know, so command is just as a quick description, command you tend to have a natural presence, uh, kind of almost an executive presence. Usually people high command when they start start to speak, people stop talking and listen. Um, Command likes to control chaos. So they tend to feel very confident coming in and taking charge. So if we were at a conference and then everybody said, go to your tables and have this conversation, command is either the first person who says, okay, guys, let's do this and this, or they're sitting back because they've been told that they always do that. So they're sitting back thinking, well, I wonder who's going to, if nobody else will jump in, I'll jump, you know, that type of thing. Right. And, and I find particularly that, that women more so than men because of, of culture, um, either dislike their command or have just not been well rewarded for it. And so we, I do a lot of coaching of young women who have high command. High command sounds very like Nazi Germany or Star Wars. But anyway, so <laughs> let's I'm go Star command. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so command loves clarity. We love, we love authority structure. We understand authority structure. We don't always have to be in charge, but we want to know who is in charge and then what am I in charge of? So is this why command asks a lot of clarifying questions yes. all the time? You are constantly, you've really taught me that just through my communication, which communication is mine, but 
the clarifying questions, you're always, well, let me clarify. And yeah, then you'll funny. back it up with an email. I totally thought you were going to take a left turn and be like, you're always doing that and it drives me nuts. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> no, that's, me. So, it's, it's funny. completely a str- I, I Whenever Shannon shares with me her experience at this previous school about how they use strengths very poorly, it shocks me because I'm like, it takes a lot of effort to use this stuff negatively. I mean, really, you're Do you not going to how many people are walking around really hurt right now. So I'm being serious and I don't mean I that, that dishonoring be, in this. Yeah, it's because it was used the wrong way. Yeah. And I, I just I find that to be it's almost like a it's a professional curiosity on my part that like how someone could use it so poorly, because when you get your 34 back, one of them is not, you know, sarcasm. One of them isn't you talk too much. It's communication is a storyteller and, and someone who can take thoughts and put them into words really easily. You know, that it, it's not negative. It, there's nothing that you're going to read. That's negative. There are some basements to all the themes and some of that shows up in the reports, but, um, but anyway, what I'm saying about command, I guess, is that they particularly want clarity when it comes to leadership. Command is really about taking charge. And so they want to know what are you in charge of and what am I in charge of? Are you leading this meeting or am I? Are you going to open up or am I going to open up? You know, all of these types of things. And when command comes into the room, there's a specific purpose for it. And so, for instance, if I go into a context, a company or a conversation even where someone else has got it covered I, I, I lose my interest. I mean, honestly, I'm just kind of like, they don't need me here. Where can mm-hmm. I go where I could be useful? Mm-hmm. And so it's not that I always have to be in charge. It's kind of more, do you want the best of what I can bring? And if so, I don't know that you need it. You know, I never see two high command people try to go to the same table. Usually right. they, they almost naturally kind of like, right. uh, you, you're taking care of her. Uh, somebody else is in charge. You know, you don't want too many chiefs, as they say. Right. So this t- knowing this type of thing about yourself and because I'm high command and low empathy, um, what I know is that, first of all, I've used my command in negative ways plenty of times. So there's a lot of growth still to be done around my top five. But leveraging that and advocating for it is kind of one of the first steps. But you can't just step on people and be like, well, empathy's low. <laughs> right? right. So to your point, Shannon, when you notice that something is an obstacle, that's where we call it a weakness. So my bottom five are not necessarily a weakness. This is a big shift in thinking for people. They usually look at their report and they're like, okay, my top five are strengths. Mm, right. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. My bottom 10 are weaknesses. Maybe, maybe not. Um, the ones that I find at the bottom, I ask myself pretty regularly, is my lack of discipline, which is organization and structure, impacting my work right now or impacting my home right now? And returning back from Christmas and this long road trip that we took, it, it is. It is impacting our home. So we kind of have to kind of step up our game a little bit right now. But is my home ever going to be as tidy as someone else's? No, and that's fine with me, right? So I'm, I'm not going to have like a Sherry Reeves type of like, you know, high discipline home. And mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm, I, I would waste so much time trying to keep my home in order when it comes so unnaturally to me. And so like basic level and then I move on. So um, as long as that thing is creating an obstacle for you, then some skill development around it is good. Watch some Brene Brown videos about empathy and vulnerability and, you know, like read a couple of her books or something. Right. But as soon as you're like, oh, I guess the best way to show empathy is to try to put myself in someone else's place. That doesn't come naturally for me, but I can learn to do that. But ultimately, when someone comes to us, my, my husband and I and says, I'm going through something really hard. I, you know, maybe not physically, but metaphorically take a big step back. My husband's empathy number three. He creates a safe space without even trying. He says the right thing. Everybody, people come to him because he makes them feel safe. He makes them feel heard. He empathizes without even trying. And so I will kind of 
wait until I get to, because what I want to do is give advice and say, have you tried this? And right. So I will just kind of let him do his thing. I will pull back until I'm needed. And in some cases I'll say, I think you really just want to get together with George and I'll let a partner do it. And I will go do something that actually energizes me. If, if you're my friend and you need to talk, then sure. well, of course I'll do that. Right. Sure. But it's kind of my crappiest work to be fair. So I don't find a lot of people come to me to vent because I'm going to say to them, put on your big, big boy pants and let's do something. You know, like that's, <laughs> right. that's more my response. So I think people kind of seek you out for what they know you're going to give. Two days ago, I was with, a, I was coaching. I don't often coach pastors, but I, there's a senior pastor here in town that of a large church that I'm coaching right now. And he, he was finding himself writing down some of the phrases I was using because <laughs> that's he's, what I'm doing. <laughs> he's so low command. And I was saying, you've got, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but as your coach, what I would recommend is this is a way to approach her. And this is the type of phrase you're going to have to use to get her attention. And he was like, I, if I don't write that down, I'm going to completely twist it in my brain when it comes out. It's going to sound too nice. So I was like, it sounds to me like this is what you want. How do I support you? Like, this is what you're going to. And she was like, I got to write that down because that's so. So people come to me because of my command, because I will say things that other people won't say. And I'll say things like, it sounds like you hate your job or it sounds like you don't want to have, you know, have a family yet. Or it sounds like, you know, you just want you want to quit school and focus on your baby at home. And they kind of know it, but they are not willing to say it. Mm -hmm. So knowing that actually draws that directness out of me and helps me to be the best that I can for other people makes me a better coach. But you don't want me as your coach if you're looking for someone more like my husband or someone more like Shannon. Uh, that's not a good fit. So what it does is it kind of creates for you a, a life where you can you can choose your opportunities based on where, where are you going to get my best work, Danae? And will you end up being as a superstar? You know, if I can only do what I'm really, really great at, that's a superstar. But it also kind of takes all this pressure off of being able to do some of everything. God help, help us. I mean, like, I, I don't know where we got the idea. It's just culture. I mean, there's a lot of studies that support this. For instance, if I asked you ladies, um, you know, if you have a student who, you know, a student or a child who has an A in math and a C in English, where would you have them put most of their time? Everybody says the C in English, but the C is is proficient. It's passing. That's right? I say that to students all the time. You're not going to be good at everything. You're average. It's okay to be exactly. average. You don't have to be above average. You're really good at math. So let's focus on that. And what fields can you look into that center around something that comes very naturally that you love to do? Right. And, you know, it's not it's not all our fault as individuals, because all of our systems are built in such a way that we're looking for standardization and even grades in school do this. I mean, you can't make an A plus 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 in a right. class. Right. So once you hit A or A plus, you stop trying because you're like, well, there you go. I hit the highest mark. I guess I'll go work on my crappy English that I don't want to think about. But in the real world, you could put all your attention towards math and forget English and find somebody who can proofread all the stuff that you write and not have to do it at all. And so um, in performance evaluations and companies, you know, we have a if it's one out of five, once you get the five, you just kind of stop trying because no one's rewarding you for being a superstar there. So we just kind of learn through life. Once I hit proficiency, I guess I should move on to something I suck at. So this is kind of the idea that the we tend to, sh to say, say to people like, you're great at this stuff, Shannon. We're so glad to have you here. 
also you suck at this stuff and and let's build your performance. Let's build your um, goals for the next six months around what the stuff you suck at. Right. So that sounds like a job I want to go to every day. And instead of saying, Shannon, you're a problem solver. Number one, that's restorative. Right. So you can figure out where a problem happened and you can figure almost anything out. And I want you focused on big problems, not little tiny, like nitpicky Mm -hmm. problems. Right. Um, And so what's a big problem that you can solve in the next six months? Because rather than because we want to get the best out of you and I don't want you over here doing all this stuff that that, let's both be honest, where you're not great at. Right. What can how do we leverage you best in the next six months? And I've noticed that in your problem solving, I'm just making this up right as I go. I know I've noticed that in your problem solving, there's a couple of things I don't like that you do. Like sometimes you tend to nitpick or sometimes you go after projects that are unfixable. And I have a hard time explaining to you, Shannon, that's not the best use of it. I'm a maximizer. So restorative is low. So I'm the person who's always like, why are we even trying for that? That's broken. Right. Leave it alone. Go away. You know, let it go. And Shannon, sometimes you take on a project that's not the best use of your time. Let's work on that. That gives you the opportunity to actually um, improve what's already natural to you. Right. And it makes the job, and I'm talking a lot about the job because I work mostly in companies, it makes the job inspiring for you, fulfilling. Who, do, who If you're number one restorative, you want to look at your restorative. You want to focus on your restorative. Well, it just comes through the 30, lens of what I see everywhere right. I go. The, that's the lens I'm seeing through. And then you take my strategic and my activator, which I think those are my top three. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing a problem. I'm seeing the solution. I'm strategically thinking about it. I'm implementing something new. Man, those are the days where I feel like I've been a rock star in life because I'm living out what I'm hardwired so much to do naturally. Does that make sense? And that's one of the first questions that I ask in coaching is, when's the last time you felt like a superstar? And what was it about that situation? And I was just listening to people talk about that time I really came through for my team. Or um, this relationship that I've had for 25 years now, or it's different for different talent themes. But when you hear those things, I can, because I, because I do this every day, like you said, I can pick out what their talent themes are. But the, the most important thing is, okay, how do we create that feeling on a regular basis for you? How do, how do we get you in a position where you're doing, um, it doesn't really matter so much about the actual job. You know, people go into teaching who have all sorts of talent themes. So there's not a talent theme that makes itself perfect for teaching. There's a lot of different blends that are great for leadership or relationship building or pastoring or teaching or um, executive leadership. The question is, how are you going to do it in a way that in, that inspires and fulfills you every day and that mo- moves your team and your company forward because we're getting the best of you? And I like how you used an example uh, just a little bit ago that maybe you're not detail oriented, but that doesn't mean you don't have tools at the ready with all the different apps that we have available and just there's a way that you can create a system to keep you accountable for the things that like if you're looking at your job you're going I don't love my job I hate what I do and you're thinking okay I'm going to learn about my strengths I'm going to embrace my strengths and then figure out a way to love what I do through my strengths and then maybe there's a different job position that will open up at a different time but like if you're a teacher and you're not liking what you're doing and maybe it's because you're focusing on the things that you're not able to do because you're comparing yourself to someone else or you know so so I think this process um, would be incredibly beneficial to anyone at any point in their life because it's an opportunity to take an existing, well thought out, well uh, researched, well tried and tested out in the world process, the Strengths Finders process. 
you can take something that's trusted. And as you can hear, Aaliyah, she's talking. There's just so much uh, layers and depth, the the individuality that you have, your quote unquote top five strengths or whatever, you know, the the list that kind of makes you sort of you. It's so unique. And there are people like Aaliyah out there who can help guide you through understanding who you are. And you can use this tool to kind of get you to that place. So um, we're really excited because Aaliyah is going to actually be giving away an opportunity for you to um, participate and do this test. So if like you don't want to go can't for whatever reason, go onto the Gallup website and get your top for a $20, which I've done, highly recommend doing. I'm actually thinking about going and buying the rest of them because I'm super curious. Yeah. Like I'm yes. genuinely it's curious really, what my full I, list looks like. It should be. And for the record, yeah. you know, no, nobody ever lowers prices, but um, it used to be $70 to go from your top five to the full report. And now oh. it's only 40. Gallup oh, really? actually decreased I, the price significantly. Oh, see, I think so I, I noticed yeah. that yesterday. That's what I was going to say is it's thirty nine ninety nine right now to go get that. Oh. I was on there yesterday and it was well worth every penny for me to get mine. It was so interesting to look at all of it. I've got a couple students who were saying that I think they're going to pay the 40 bucks because now, they just want to know more. I only, I, I try, there's a lot of great tools now on the Gallup website that they didn't have six months ago. Part, part of lowering the price and having more people get their full report was to give more tools. And so now your top, your full report, Shannon, I printed off the, the, the first page, but there's like a 25 page report. And You're kidding you can me. See in your account right now that has like two pages on all of your top ten and all sorts of really fascinating stuff. So oh. you can you can go and learn about this stuff without a coach for sure. When you get to the point where you're like, I know that this is more practical than I'm using it. You know, like if you hear me talk about it and you're like, oh, for instance, um, one of the questions that I talk about in coaching, which anybody can do on their own if you have the intentionality to do it, is here's my problem or my goal. Gosh, you know, I, I think discipline is probably the thing you would need to f- meet this goal, but I don't I don't have discipline very high. And for me, it's quite low. So what do I have? What do I have that can help me reach that goal? What do I, for instance, nice. working out mm-hmm. is a challenge for me because I have low discipline and I'm just, and I have low consistency. So a regular routine just bores me and I don't, I'm not going to get up at five in the morning and do it. There's just some reasons that it just has, has been a struggle for me, but I do have achiever up there. So when I set measurable goals and I actually notice that I have hit them, for instance, That's that helps what, me. That is exactly what I'm doing. I am, we talked about this at work the other day. I am measuring myself. I'm on this cleanse right now. I'm trying to instill some new habits in my home. Um, So I am measuring myself every day and that I don't have discipline and consistency. But boy, let me tell you, seeing that tangible result every day is what's keeping me on track right now. This watch that I got, it's keeping and I'm competing right now with my daughters. And so it shares information and it dings our watches all the time. Those are things that I've used as a tool to help me in an area that I would not have done these these yeah. things otherwise. Yeah, I mean, if you're high competition, work out with somebody and measure success against someone else and that will motivate you. Or if you're high achiever, you need to know, am I reaching my goal or not? So it needs to be measurable. So there's a way to get to almost any goal. There's a way to enjoy almost any job and be good at almost any job, but uh, it has to come through your talent theme. So that's a lot of the work that we do in coaching. It's nice to have that perspective. So if you're thinking about the importance, too, of 
having that outside perspective, which a lot of times is what I think we love when we're taking personality tests. We're looking for validation of who we are. We're looking for insight. We're looking for that perspective that kind of helps us to understand more about who we are. And this particular tool set is, is to me, very unique. And I love how you've kind of described its differences from other personality tests or other tests out there. Um, it's just, it's a little, it's more complex uh, and I love that you have dedicated yourself to understanding the process because I've never heard anyone talk quite so confidently about strength finders before. Yeah. And I'm Isn't incredibly awesome? inspired yes. by our conversation today. And so as, as you're thinking about whether or not this is a something that you would like to do for yourself, if you want to, and we're going to link in the show notes how to go to the website, we're going to be talking so you can just click there and go right to wherever you need to go um, and, and get your top five. But um, I really want to go through the vision process that you had suggested that we do um, with asking about thinking back to when you were a little person and kind of going back to your strengths. I, I feel like I want you, the listener, I want you guys who are listening to our show and I want you to feel really like this excitement for finding your strengths and for rediscovering the passion and power that you have when you realize your possibilities um, of really getting to understand more about who you are and being you. Sometimes uh, memories can be challenging only because we, you know, there's a certain age before which we do not have m very many memories. Um, but I'd read somewhere that your most, your, your, you are your most authentic self at age two Ooh. before everybody starts like messing with you and trying to tell you to sit still or trying to tell you to follow Look through a certain or way. focus a focus more or whatever. So, um, and, but most people don't have memories from when they were two. So a lot, in a lot of cases you want to think back as far as you can um, to as young as you can remember. And what did life feel like? What did you love doing? Some people will remember, you know, putting methodically putting blocks in order or, you know, there are these children, you, we all probably know a child or two who sorts as soon as they mm -hmm. sit down with toys, they start sorting things out, mm -hmm. which is very different than a kid who just starts like throwing paint on the like on the wall, even maybe. Um, so and, and also asking yourself, what do my parents or the people who were close to me when I was young say about me from back then? Because uh, it just feels like layers get added on, particularly what Shannon said about if you if you have not been well rewarded for your natural talents, if they've been criticized, if they've been pushed down, if you've been called bossy or pushy or too quiet or too timid or too shy talk or too, too whatever, much. you talk have too much. Many opinions. Yeah. I mean, what I do when I when I go into a group and I say, uh, d um, introduce yourself and one of the things you have to say is what is a positive word or phrase that people would use to describe you it is fascinating and discouraging how hard it is for people to share just one positive they're always like well I don't know people say I talk too much I'm like so mm -hmm. you're communicative right we never have to wonder what you're thinking like that's a talent so thinking back even to maybe the things you were criticized for when you were young mm -hmm. um, if that's the way that it happened in your life but but w what were you at a very young age as a little person yeah so take a moment and just get still when you have some time to think about that if you don't have the ability to go on to the website and take the test which again we're going to be doing a giveaway so I'll tell you more about that here in just a second but think about 
out, like try to go back into your memory and just re-engage with that lovely childlike person who was never told all the reasons that you should be worried about who you are. And just try to make notes about what that is. Like Aaliyah said, maybe it's a memory of organizing blocks or loving to go outside or loving to meditate or loving to draw or loving to sing. Just yeah. just whatever comes to mind. Or you just were the kid on the playground that, t- that came up with the game. Or you were the kid on the playground who talked to the kid who nobody else was talking to. Or if you remember any of those things, those are all clues to your natural talent. And also consider, like Aaliyah was saying, comments that people have made. Um, some of them might be, you know, consistent negative comments from adults who wanted to form you into something that they wanted you to be. But maybe also people who told you you did something well. Um, I will tell you right now, the job that I have and the, the the career that I have is because so many people continue to tell me, do you realize that this is a talent? And I, I'm like, I just do this. I just talk. I just put together things. I just have an animated voice. You know, this is just who I am. So there's parts of you that just come naturally and people will often say, hey, you do that really well. And if you're thinking, what that I can just calculate it in my head. I don't know. I don't. That's not a big exactly. deal. And can't every and you with you tend to think can't everybody, can everybody? do that? No, yeah, they can't. No. So think about those things that you maybe dismiss that you can do really, really well and start to just take note because you don't have to go through a personality assessment or a strengths finders moment to have the revelations that we're talking about here today. Don't let it be a barrier for you to have a breakthrough in this conversation. We hope that you're hearing that what makes you you and what makes you a powerful person and and potent in the world is something that's a discovery. And we want you to hear that you are unique, you're talented, and you're totally capable of um, being a really impactful person in your immediate environment. And we hope that the... uh, way that you converse with yourself is starting to align more with that you are exactly who you are supposed to be. We don't want you to be hearing culture and other people saying you need to change, change, change. Certainly if you're doing something wrong with your job and maybe getting assessments you need to change, that's a different kind of a different thing. But you be you. And if you don't have that voice and you don't have the group in your life telling you, giving you permission to be who you are, please hear us say that today as we all kind of sat around and just thrown out these conversations. And I I don't know, I just really appreciate the perspective that you've brought to the table. I think this is a great conversation to kind of have gone through to guide anyone through that just beginning stage of really be, uh, changing our personal con- our personal talk inside of our own head. Yeah, you, you're never going to be somebody who's going to come to the table and say, I, I don't want to do those things for you, but I can do these things for you and have a confidence in a job interview or in a in, even in a date or something like that if you don't believe those things in your mind. And so just looking for those things that come easily to you and instead of saying, well, it's not supposed to be that easy. Yeah, I mean, there's still things we can work on, but it, it is supposed to be that easy. Um, I do have some people who say things like, I just, it's a little pie in the sky that I could have a job that I love going to every day. Like, I'm that that's way over there, and this is where I am right here. And I would just say, work, just move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Just move in the direction of what do I love about my job and how could I do more of that? Um, what do I hate about my job and how could I maybe talk about moving tasks around? Because what I can promise you is whatever it is you hate about your job, someone else would love it. And I've met people who say, I love to anything with my hands. I will dig a ditch right now. And mm-hmm. you would think digging a ditch would be the type of job that nobody loves. And we just say, well, somebody's got to do it. I had a guy tell me two weeks ago, 
I, I would love to do that right now. And so he's like, but being in this classroom right now is miserable for me. And I was like, sweet. Yeah, thanks for telling the trainer that. But um, but the idea being that, that we always say, oh, that's horrible. Nobody's going to want to do it. That's ludicrous. That's not an understanding of the fact that we're all different. So whatever I hate doing is likely going to be done very well and enjoyed by someone else. And they're probably frustrated that they don't have the opportunity to do it. I really hope that the future is going to be more people interacting in this way, in this positive way. I have had the privilege of living most of my life from this perspective of, I mean, I didn't, I, I if I was around people who did not appreciate me, I just went and found a different way. To be. <laughs> you just left. I, I did, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just like, I don't need this job. I'll go find another job. And I've had that privilege of being able to do that so i haven't been around naysayers on a deep deep level through most of my life which is probably why i feel confident in a command position but not everybody has had that experience and so i'm just realizing that i my life um i want that for more people i want more people to be confidently interacting with their strengths instead of hung up in their uh their trials and the, and the struggles that they have. You know, I want them to, I want that for them. Yeah. So and, and I, I want all of us of, to have a you. How do we all have a you? <laughs> yeah. And, and luckily, I mean, there are like 6,000 strengths coaches across the world now. Um, you know, Facebook. But I want is, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So what I would from as far as I go, I'm a leadership consultant. I like to work with people specifically on leadership. That's where I feel that I bring the best to the table. So I've every now and then coached like a stay at home parent, but it's very rare for me to take on those types of coaching clients. I love to work within companies. So um, anybody who sees this as a potential for their company, that's kind of my my happiest moment. That's your jam. When, that's my jam. Um, but if I'm going to coach one on one, which is also phenomenal, I'm just looking. It can be any level of leadership and it can be any industry. But if you can consider yourself a leader, that might be a good fit for me. Um, because my my focus tends to be how can we improve your leadership and the way you're coming across and the way you're leading the people around you. If that if you're looking for life coaching or uh, relational coaching or um, family coaching from the perspective of strengths, there are some really great strengths coaches out there who specialize in all of those areas, marriage counseling, all of those things. Um, so yes, we're giving away, um, I'm giving away a top five assessment which is a twenty dollars worth and then a 60 minute coaching session Whoa. so that everyone um so that someone will have an to opportunity me. not oh, just oh, to, no. not just to see their not just to see the results but just to he, to learn how they could actually do something with this because to put it in a drawer makes me makes me want to cry if yeah, there's so right. much opportunity to leverage this stuff so um but anybody could go to my website or can contact me through my contact information to see if we would be a good fit and um I love, I specifically love working with people in opportunities of change um, because my activator makes me a good change agent. So if you think you might want to change careers or if you think you might want to do something new in your business, that's often where there's a really natural fit with me. And I love that you awesome. can hear in how Aaliyah talks about her abilities. You can hear her confidence in what she does and what she can bring to the table. And it's not that she's she's not apologetic for the things that she doesn't do as well. It's just a this is where I this is where I'm best. And I would love for every single person to be able to have that same insight into 
how they are as a person. So Absolutely. congratulations to you for your journey to bring you to this point. I Thank think you. that uh, you being out in the world doing what you do is just going to continue to encourage and motivate people to find their own abilities. I'm just really excited that we had a chance to connect. Aaliyah's website is aliasstowers.com. That is A-L-I-A. S-T-O-W-E-R-S dot com. And we will link it in the show notes for you. Her email is Aaliyah at AaliyahStowers.com. So that's really easy. So if you want to enter to win, send an email to us. PictureImperfectShow at gmail.com. Just shoot me a message and say that you're interested in the top five giveaway and the consultant with Aaliyah. And we're going to do a random drawing. The winner will be announced next week on the mini-sode. So make sure you send us your email uh, between now and on Saturday when we record. And we're going to do a random drawing. Again, our email for Picture Imperfect is pictureimperfectshow at gmail.com. Aliyah, did you have anything else that you wanted to plug? Anything you're doing in the local area? We're all in Springfield, Missouri. Are you doing anything like public speaking or anything fun that you want to plug before we go? Oh, I do a lot of conferences. Um, one of the things I'd, I would plug in general in our community is Rosie, which is a um, networking group for women. And um, it's a great place to just meet other powerful women leaders in the Springfield community. It's just something I'm involved in. It's not something that I lead. But um, but I would just, as far as, as far as my services go, I travel quite a bit. So anyone who's listening who's not in Springfield, I do coaching over the phone. And also, I love to travel. So I don't feel very limited to be here in Springfield. But I really enjoy serving, you know, giving back to this community here. And I would say that if there's anybody who works with a nonprofit or doesn't feel like you have the opportunity to pay normal fees, certainly like what I would charge a for-profit, talk to me anyway. Sometimes I say, I can't, right? But other times I say, here's yeah. five free codes. And, you know, yeah, uh, she did that nice for my students into, this week. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I, I don't believe in discounting my rates much, but I do pro bono work. So I, I'm, I'm kind of like, can you pay this? No, then let me pray about just doing it for free. Um, yeah, remove whatever barrier you might have. Yeah, yeah that's always good to ask. Okay, awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for coming on to the show. And thank yeah. you guys for listening to Picture Imperfect. We really appreciate all of your feedback and your support. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and rate, subscribe, and please share with your friends. Yes, please, friends. Tune in next week for the mini-sode. We'll be announcing the winner. And of course, we'll let you know who that is, Aaliyah. I'll send you a message. <laughs> My command won't let me not. Uh, we're going to end the show today and then we're going to drill Aaliyah to learn more about ourselves for the next two hours. <laughs> Free coaching. <laughs> uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can always reach out to us. Our uh, website is pictureimperfect.show. And again, all the contact information is there at the website. So until next week, guys, have a beautifully imperfect day. Bye, friends. So I dressed myself for the apocalyptic possibility that I would like <laughs> slide off the road and right. need to survive. So <laughs> I have my gigantic snow sleet boots on. I like, wore mine too. These are that's all I like have. these, and then I have two layers of pants, two layers of shirts, 
and I have backup water in my car along with a survival blanket. So you legitimately <laughs> did think you might slide off the road. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to drive. Uh, into the studio too today so i'm like i like prepared I myself love that you're always prepared and thorough and then there's me i'm like ah it's cold i Not really don't always. want my feet to get wet <laughs> so i'll wear my boots and i better put a scarf on because it'll be cold in my car till at least it warms up that. at least you and did then that. i said jesus please don't let me like than what i was thinking i was just like slide it'll probably be fine <laughs> so I have on, like, you know, she's got flip-flops on yeah i just like <laughs> I don't need a jacket, right? I don't need a jacket. Okay, sorry. I just had those. Did you notice I didn't come in as hobo like this morning because we had a guest. (gasps) Sometimes I come in here with yeah. Sometimes I come in here with my hair on the top of my head. I haven't brushed my teeth. I like roll out of bed and come do this. I just realized, legit. I'm wearing makeup today. Yeah, you're wearing makeup. It's because we have a guest. We we got we should take a photo. We should to prove. That we can gussy up ever so slightly. <laughs> Isn't that what it's called? Gussy enough? I still you know it's transparent off. lip gloss, but still. It counts. <laughs> it counts. So I'm going to tell the truth. I'm still wearing the yoga pants I slept in. So I only halfway <laughs> gussied up. Yeah, I love yeah. it. All right. Sorry You're about right. that. It's subjective. The gussying up is. 